This is Cameron with Penalty Box Radio. I am sitting down with uh, City Councilman Sean Parker. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to uh, kind of get our listeners up to up to speed on who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us the scouting report. <laughs> okay, cool. So, um, yeah, I am the the council member for um, Nashville's fifth district, and that's um, that's the East Nashville area. Um, I this is my first term in public office. Um, you know, I ran for this office last summer. I was elected in August, and um, you know, with with some of what Nashville's been going through, um, you know, with the tornado on March third, the sort of overall fiscal situation being so terrible in the city, and now the the COVID nineteen pandemic. I mean, it's been an extraordinarily challenging. Um, <laughs> to say the least, um, first few months on the job here. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll say that I've been just really, really impressed with our city's response, um, both in terms of, you know, the city government itself and just the citizens of Nashville, um, the way people have, you know, after the tornado came out and, and helped each other and really there's this outpouring of support. And then, you know, now um, where sort of the opposite is being asked of everyone, um, you know, so many of us are, um, are making sacrifices to, to stay home. And then many of us are making sacrifices to continue the essential work um, that has to happen in the city um, to, to, keep things, to keep things moving. So it's just the, the, the people of Nashville have been really incredible through all this. Absolutely. Are you from Nashville originally? So I was actually born in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and my family moved um, to Murfreesboro in 96. And then I made my way up to Nashville after high school. Awesome. Been in the area for a little bit. Yeah. You had mentioned to me that uh, you had gone to like a, a hockey games before the Predators were even here. What was yeah. that like? Oh, that was awesome. Um, so they used to have um, a minor league hockey games at the municipal auditorium. And, um, and yeah, my dad would, would bring us to those games. And, you know, it was just such a cool little, like I, there was, I don't know who was able to make um, hockey happen in Nashville, like really, because we, we went to all the, um, all the early, you know, events and kickoff stuff and promotional stuff for, for the Predators. And there was no one there. I mean, it was, there was no fan base. Everybody thought it was crazy bringing a hockey team to the South. Um, you know, you would go and, and do like an autograph signing thing and it would just be like, we'd be the only family there. And we just like hang out with the coaches for, 20 minutes and chat with them, you know, but the, the, the minor league games were, were really cool because, you know, it's a really small arena and it's a pretty high level of play really. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's the only hockey I had ever seen at that point. So, you know, and it, it was, it was a ton of fun. And I remember uh, that feeling, I got, I got a puck one time, you know, and they, they put the puck in the kid's hand, you know, and it's, it's just this heavy, I don't think I'd ever held a real puck before. It's like this heavy thing of rubber and it's still ice cold from the, from the ice, you know, it was a, it, it, it was a lot of fun going to those games. Uh, did you get a chance to experience the other side of the, so to speak, where, you know, you go downtown and it's nothing but Preds fans, like during the playoff run or anything like that? Yeah, I used to work downtown and, um, you know, it's, it's, um, when the Preds have a good run, um, people, people in Nashville are feeling it. Um, and it's just a sea of yellow down there. Um, 
it's, it's, it's pretty amazing to see. And I mean, just the extent that Nashville has become a hockey town when, you know, it seemed like this crazy experiment that everybody thought was a ridiculous idea um, in the middle 90s. Um, but uh, it, it's really neat to see. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, there have been in depth into that, but um, where they talk about, you know, like arenas don't have a positive impact on um, cities, but at the same time, if that arena wasn't where it was, is Nashville what Nashville is like today? And also if they don't have a long-term tenant like the Nashville Predators, is downtown like it is today? You know, it's, it's kind of interesting butterfly effect of, you know, how different would the city be without that arena or without, um, you know, the hockey team there? It's because, you know, today Bridgestone Arena is one of the busiest arenas in the country. Um, not right now, but, <laughs> you know, normally. So it, it's an interesting thing to think about. Well, I think that, um, you know, there's, there's ways to get it, there's ways to get it right. And there's ways to, to maybe not get it so right. Um, you know, I think the, the Bridgestone Arena, because of our huge, um, you know, um, entertainment sector here, you know, we, we, that thing gets utilized a ton, you know, it's, it's not like, um, you know, say a, a football arena in a town that doesn't have conventions and doesn't have big festivals, you know, that's going to get used, what, eight or nine times a year, um, you know, that, so I, we are able to utilize our facilities a little better than, than a lot of communities, um, you know, I, I think that uh, it's, it's still wild to me that, Nissan Stadium has the footprint given the parking that's attached to it that it does. I mean, it just, and, and I don't know what would be necessary to, to utilize that, you know, it's absolutely prime real estate and it's just surface parking. It's, it's, mm -hmm. that's amazing to me that, um, you know, nobody has come up with a plan to, to, you know, maybe build a garage there and, and utilize some of that, um, some of that space for something other than uh, surface parking. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you remember the uh, the Bridgestone Arena also used to be home to um, uh, the uh, downtown police precinct. Um, mm -hmm. It also used to well, it still houses the Register of Deeds. So um, it's you know it's a multi it's a multi purpose facility, and it's I think it's been a real asset. Um, I think that in the middle '90s, it was there was a better argument to be made for for huge public investments in in downtown like that. Um, mm -hmm. I think that now that we've got the convention center, you know, we've got the baseball stadium, we've got the um, football stadium, we've got the hockey state uh, rink. Um, yeah, I, I think there's maybe a little less of an argument for 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 kind of trying to spur that. Like it's it's doing well. Like it's it's a it's a great shiny thing that people love, and I, I think that we can we can keep improving on it um, and 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 keep growing it um, without sort of these massive public investments at this point. Yeah, and I think it's a good place to be where like the predators have done what they can to you know pay back what they owe to the city and. Um, I know the CEO down there, the president of operations, um, I forget his title exactly, but um, Sean Henry, he said, you know, he wants to think of Bridgestone Arena like old Yankee Stadium where, you know, that team's going to be there for a good long time. And it's good to have that perspective because you can't build an arena somewhere else and have it be as successful. The only place you could is like you said, maybe in the Titan Stadium parking lot somewhere. But yeah. even then, I don't think it's going to be the same. I think that team works because of where it's located 
because, you know, when you've got a friend in from out of town and they might like hockey, you take down a stroll down Broadway straight into the front door of Bridgestone Arena and there's nothing else like it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I, I can't imagine that it working anywhere else in the city. I'm sure we could make it work, but it, it, the location is fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. You know, you kind of spoke briefly about the tornado. It's something that's kind of fallen into the back of people's mind uh, for the most part. Um, just, uh, you know, what is the current status of that tornado relief look like? You know, what's going on? Because obviously, to a certain extent, things have to be put on pause, but at the same time, things must continue in certain instances as well, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the timing is hugely challenging. I mean, although I, I, I'm thankful that, you know, we're not in a situation like our neighbors in Chattanooga where, you know, this tornado hit during the pandemic um, um, response period. So um, we actually, um, I mean, all of this is bad, but we're, we're sort of fortunate in that, you know, the, um, the tornado kind of got our emergency response capability and infrastructure really ramped up to, to, you know, maximum capacity. And we were able to transition from, you know, that into the COVID response. And I, I think that's part of um, why Nashville has had such a strong response to, to the COVID, the spread of COVID-19. But anyway, uh, back to the tornadoes. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's hugely challenging um, to, to do the kind of engagement and outreach that, um, you know, myself and, and um, supportive organizations would, would like to be doing in this environment. Um, we can't go door to door. We can't, um, we can't canvas that way. We can't, um, it, it's hard to find out what people need in this environment. Um, if you don't have a phone number for someone, if they've left and you don't know where they went, um, it's, ex it's really challenging to communicate with them. Um, the most important thing that we're pushing right now is the, um, the deadline to register with FEMA for tornado damage has been extended to May 4th. Um, and it's just, even if the damage was minimal, um, even, and that's, that's for anybody who sustained damages, um, even, even just financial, like if you're a renter, like a lot of people who rent don't think I should apply for FEMA, but you know, if your, if your vehicle was damaged, um, if you had to go spend, uh, your power was out and you had to go spend um, a week in a hotel, um, you know, that's, that's stuff that you should register with FEMA. And, um, so essentially anybody who was affected homeowner renter, um, should register with FEMA by May 4th. Um, that's what we're asking folks to do at this point. Awesome. Uh, what can individuals like myself who are, you know, in a position where maybe we really want to help, uh, maybe now or in the future, what can we do now to patients and, you know, as things go back to whatever the new version of normal is, what can they do then? Yeah, so we've actually, um, specifically for folks in East Nashville, although, you know, all around the city are welcome to participate in this, um, we do have a, um, a virtual town hall coming up. Um, it, it might occur by the time this, uh, this podcast drops, but um, it will be available if you search. Um, it's, it's hosted by the Neighbor to Neighbor group here in Nashville. So if you search Facebook for neighbor and then the number two neighbor, um, you can check out their page and it'll be streamed live Monday evening there um, and also be archived there. And that's going to be an opportunity to, to, um, to hear from a lot of neighborhood leaders and people who've been affected by the tornado um, about how we can effectively support one another, even in this context of um, social distancing. So um, the, the, 
the easiest answer is um, continue to um, socially distance, um, continue to stay home um, because if if this if this if COVID were to spread, you know, exponentially unchecked, um, we would, you know, not be in a position to um, be able to support our neighbors at all. Um, it would be very bad. Um, so uh, unfortunately it's challenging, um, spreading the word about FEMA, um, checking in with friends in affected areas, um, making sure that they are, um, you know, they're housed and that they're doing well and um, they have everything they need is, is just some little things that you can do to help. Um, awesome. So I, I don't know how, how much time you have to even think about this, but various pro leagues are talking about neutral site games, you know, teams like, you know, Nashville Predators, Tennessee Titans, if it gets that far, um, you know, stepping away from their hometown community and, you know, going somewhere else for neutral site games. On one hand, you know, everybody's excited about sports and it, it can be a good thing from that perspective, but how could it affect the community at home by, you know, having that gone? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's really challenging for Nashville because so much of our um, identity, um, be it our sports franchises or um, our status as Music City is, is built around these big um, events where there's a ton of people in one room um, rooting on a team or listening to a performance. Um, so, I mean, I think that Nashville is really going to be we're going to be deeply affected by by um, the social distancing requirements that are that are needed moving forward. Um, and I've heard all kinds of different um, estimates of when we might be able to get back to having um, you know these large scale events again. And to be honest, the the estimates are they vary so widely that I, I, I don't feel comfortable even repeating any of them. Um, but I can tell you it's it's not going to be next month. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that whichever sport, um, you know, figures out a way to safely have games, um, even if they are, um, you know, neutral sites, even if they are, I think baseball was talking about, um, having some kind of like abbreviated season out of, um, Arizona where they have all the spring training facilities, um, one thing I can say is that even though fans will be very sad to not be able to attend those events directly, I think that it would be a very welcome distraction for a lot of us who are um, who are um, socially distancing and 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 staying at home. Um, and also, I just think that whichever sport gets on TV first is going to be printing money. Um, <laughs> from, <laughs> uh, you've got um, probably incredible ad revenue, um, a very captive audience. Um, so I, I think they're going to figure something out. Um, I think that the major sports will figure out a way to, to continue having games um, safely. And they, that probably won't mean in person for the hometown crowd for, for a while. Uh, what do you hope to see out of the Nashville and Middle Tennessee community once we can return to some sense of normalcy? Well, I, I think that um, it's, it, again, it's going to be really challenging for us because um, I don't think there's going to be a day where, um, you know, we just say, hey, this is over. Um, so what we are going to have is we're going to transition back into having concerts. We're going to transition back into 
um, you know, having sporting events and it just please, please listen to guidance from um, um, authoritative figures. So listen to what's coming out of the city health department. Um, you know, don't, don't just um, take advice about what's safe and, and what's um, acceptable from say, untested sources on Facebook or wherever else. Um, listen to professionals, listen to people who do this stuff for a living, listen to people with credentials. And the more of us that do that, the, the quicker we can get back to having the concerts and the conventions and the sporting events that we all love and that, that make us want to you know, be part of this city. So I am down to my last question. Um, have you had a chance to enjoy beer delivery? And is that something you see sustainable long term? <laughs> I actually have not um, ordered any um, any delivery beer. I, I make my uh, every week or two. I make a run to the to the grocery store and I get I get my my supplies there. But you know, I think it's really cool um, that that we're able to do delivery um, right now. And you know, to be perfectly honest, I don't know a great argument for not allowing that um, under normal circumstances. Um, I also, um, you know, I've lived in cities where you can do takeout at the bar. So, you know, if you go meet a friend and you, you say, okay, cool, we're going to have a couple of beers here. And then you want to go, you know, kick it on your porch. Um, you can just grab a six pack from the bar and take that home with you. Um, I, I, I'm not sure why we can't do that here, why we don't do that here. Um, but I am all for alcohol delivery um, uh, under <laughs> all circumstances. I think it's a great idea. Wonderful. All right, Sean. Well, thank you for your time. It was nice chatting with you. Thank you so much. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll hope to be on again.